answer for me has always been to have more questions than answers. And, you know, even my husband and I put that in our wedding vows that made me always have more questions than answers. And it, and part of that came from, like my dad used to say, he was an amazing man. He said, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? You always wanna listen and listen before you speak and just speak less and listen more. y'all and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dell Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. joining us today for another episode of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. Y'all, it is such a privilege to have Ariad International CEO and co-founder Beth Cross join us today. Beth was born and raised on a working thoroughbred farm in Pennsylvania, and while focusing on strategic marketing and product development for Reebok, she saw an opportunity to apply the principles of the athletic shoe technology and sports marketing to the equestrian footwear market. And man, am I sure glad she did. Not only has it been a blessing for, um, you know, my family and the career path I chose being able to work at Ariat, but talk about comfort for those of us who live and work every day um, in the equestrian lifestyle, the Western lifestyle. So Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dakota. It's really great to be with you. I would love if we could just kick off, Beth with you sharing your version of Ariat's namesake, because whenever I meet new people and I tell them about the company I work for, they are always so intrigued by where that name came from and you tell it better than anybody I've ever ever heard. Well, Ariat is, it came from uh, Secretariat um, and Secretariat, as you know, is one of the most famous racehorses of all time and my favorite, um, my favorite racehorse. Uh, when Secretary won the Triple Crown, it hadn't been won for 25 years um, and set a record which to this day still stands. And I think the thing I most related to when we thought about naming the company was um, after Secretary died, they did an autopsy and they found that his heart was like twice as big as the typical thoroughbreds. His big heart, his stride was also, I think, 15% um, bigger than average. So he had a big heart. 
he had big steps um, for an average size horse and he loved to run. And I, I've always just been inspired by the athleticism, kind of the passion and just the way he ran every race. Um, so we thought he was a, a great, great namesake for the company. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it ties in so well, whether you're brand new, starting with our company, um, when you're going out to sell product, it just is such a great reminder of the type of the type of person, the type of sales people we want to be, and just really what type of partner we want to be for our retailers and, um, and, and vice versa with the consumer. So um, I, I love, love that story. Um, now, leading up to building Ariat, I've had the opportunity to hear you share some of your background and you just have so much experience, Beth. Could you share with us what some of those work experiences were like? Well, my work experiences were very varied, let me say. So I started out, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania on a farm. I have seven brothers and sisters and we had horses and <clears throat> sheep and pigs. And, um, and that was a, a great experience. So just working on the farm itself was, you know, I think you start building a, that work ethic. Um, and, and also, <clears throat> you know, just understanding that, you know, when you grow up on a farm, there's, you've got all the seasons, you've got when it's really cold, when it's really hot, starts very early. Um, and so that was a, that was a good experience. Um, when I went to college, I, I did two years of college and then I stopped um, and I decided I wanted to, to go to work. And I had so many different jobs um, uh, after that. I was, well, I'd been a waitress in high school and in college, um, one of my jobs coming out of when I was in college working was a dental hygienist. I was a self-trained dental hygienist. Um, I worked on a salmon processing boat in Alaska. I was a cook. Um, I was a breakfast cook um, <clears throat> at a restaurant. Then I, I've been a cook actually several times. I had a bread route delivering bread in Denver. Um, and that's a like a 4.30 a.m. start. And all those jobs, I think, taught me so much. And, and one of the things I, I really learned is just how to work with all different kinds of people and how to have fun. Because a lot of those jobs, you know, they're kind of monotonous um, in many ways. And so really what made all the difference between having fun at work and having less fun, more fun versus less fun, was the people you were working with. So I think I, I really learned the incredible value of my coworkers and how it could bring such joy, such fun. Um, there was a lot, I really learned, you know, about, uh, there were a lot of practical jokes that would go on at work. And it's just, I'm always happy. Um, I'm happy when I'm working. And I think that's, I had a great experience in my twenties, just learning that. And of course, being at Ariat uh, after that just reinforced the joy I get from work. It's so encouraging to, you know, see a woman like you that has went on to be extremely successful, um, both, you know, in your professional life, as well as your family life, just to hear, hear how you got to where you're at today and those different experiences, really, really encouraging. And Beth, one of the things that I feel like so many of us now, um, as, you know, women in the workforce, a lot of us are mothers, and just, you know, trying to figure out you know, how, how to do it all in the middle of motherhood and, um, 
you know, you started Ariet as a mom, you, you were already, you know, in that motherhood chapter. So could you share with us just what, what that was really like? I, yes. And I think that's some of the most that has made both the, of course, the family, my marriage, the family and work has been just created such a rich and kind of exciting experience over the last 30 years. So I mentioned that I had stopped going, um, stopped college, dropped out. I did go back and I finished my undergrad degree. And then I went on and to graduate school. And that's where I met my husband. <clears throat> and we got married pretty much the same year, maybe the year before we actually start. I started the company with um, my then partner at the time. And, uh, and my husband, Tony, was uh, working um, in a different uh, industry. And so... Um, <clears throat> When uh, right after um, I started the company, uh, we started the company, that's when we had our first child. So our first, our oldest was born the day we started shipping product. Um, and then two years later, we had twins. And so we had three children under two. And the, when our oldest came along, um, I was able to bring him to work. But then by the time the twins came along, there was no way um, we could bring three really still infants or babies to work. And um, and so it all happened at once, you know, the early days of the company um, and the early days of our family and just learning how to be a mom. I was still early in my, our marriage um, and then figuring out the work, like all the many work challenges. And I think the, <clears throat> the one thing I've learned, I, I did, especially in that time, um, in the very early days, you know, it's, you get, you're so sleep deprived that I picked up a habit that I've kept to this day, which is taking notes. And I'm kind of a, a very um, consistent note taker in meetings. And I did it as a defense mechanism, just so I would remember, you know, what was what I what people talked about, what I was learning, etc. Um, another thing I learned is how to do the most work um, as fast as possible. And think about how I spent my 20s. I mean, as a waitress, as a line cook, you know, even having a bread route, I mean, you get super efficient. And, you know, as a waitress, you're always thinking, I have to walk from here to there. So during that time, I can get water for this table, pick up the check for that table, you know, grab the food for that table and make another pot of coffee, you know, for all the other waitresses. And so even to this day, if I'm walking from here to there, I'm always processing in the back of my mind, what are the two or three things I can do along the way? So I think you get really good at doing two to three or even more things at once, um, frankly. And, and I think, you know, as the, the kids got older, you know, they got out of infancy and, and uh, started preschool and elementary school, et cetera. Those were really demanding times in the business um, as we were growing the company and hiring people and, and adding on new customers, et cetera. And, I think what I learned right there is, is just the, the importance of focus and the idea that you can do it all. I, I mean, I, I, there is not a single day in the last 30 years that I've been able to do everything that needed to be done. I just can't. And so you have to get really good. Of course, I got really good at just prioritizing and saying, there's two things in, in front of me that are absolutely vital right now. One is the family and the other is work. And both of them are big. And and so I just found a way to, to blend them together in a way. And again, this is the ability to do more than one thing at the same time and be able to really be 
right there with the family, right there with work when the time was, you know, when I was at work and be able to do both things at once. And I think the thing that <clears throat> that really also at, at home for me was key is when I got home, I was really home. Um, you know, it was just a hundred percent present. And I think, I think kids know that they can sense it when you're present or whether you're not, and when you're not present. And, and again, I think it's that commitment is to when you're somewhere, you're absolutely there present with the person listening and, and available. And I think that was so key during those years. Oh, so, so much wisdom right there. I'm taking lots of notes um, while, while you're talking and just, you know, I think it's something we all are trying to figure out how to do better each day. And Ariet has grown immensely since those early days. You truly have, um, you know, a team that is spread ac across the globe now. So what are some qualities that you admire in others, Beth, and, and you look for in people when you're hiring those team members? That is probably the most important thing that we do is, you know, when we're adding to the team and adding to the family. And so, of course, you look for people that are good at their job um, or else show, you know, really high potential. And um, you have to assume the skills are there, but we hire people right out of college that may not have the skills yet. And so then I think we always are just looking for mindset. You know, do they have a learning mindset? Are they curious? Do they ask questions? Um, and that's the thing I love the most. And I have to say, for me personally, when I think about the people I most enjoy working with now, looking back, it's people who have a endless ability to laugh at themselves um, and just have fun. And I think this is something, this is a, this is a consequence of my 20s spent doing all the jobs that I did where you really learn you know, having fun with the people you work with and be able to laugh at yourself and at others makes all the difference. And, you know, we've gone through some really, really hard times um, with people. And we are, are, many of us have been together 20, 25, more than 25 years. And our kids have grown up, our families have grown up. We've been through losing parents and sickness. And it really is kind of in sickness and in health in many ways. And <laughs> And I think to find people that you can to work with who not only have the skills and the work ethic, but have that, you know, a sense of humor, have a real sense of their own humanity, integrity, and honesty. I mean, you can build a life for people like that. In many ways, I have, um, and we have uh, at work. And so, in some ways, I think it's it's people that you'd be comfortable in that way building a life with because you're essentially building a company, building a business, building a culture together, and you depend on each other for the values that you bring. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like most people know my story, but I just need to share this real quick to paint a picture of what our company is really like. I celebrated eight years um, being full-time with Ariat this March. It was just my second year I was hired as a sales rep and um, my mom unexpectedly passed away. And so there, there were a lot of moving parts. And in short, I needed to move back to my home state of Alabama. So I had to move back to my home state of Alabama for a six month period. So my youngest brother, who was a senior in high school at the time, so that I could be there until he graduated high school. And I remember being so torn because I had been in this position for right at a year as a sales rep. My career was finally, it felt like it was taking off, taking shape. 
And I had to have that phone call of like, I can't be back in two weeks after the funeral and everything. I've got to uproot my life. And, and area still get emotional thinking about it, but you know, you guys stood behind me and we made arrangements and, um, I, I learned to work remotely before working remotely was ever a thing. Um, and then, you know, that was the one, um, constant, you know, in when everything else in my life was really kind of falling apart right then, um, I was able to lean into my work family and, you know, I just won't ever be able to say how grateful, um, or express truly, you know, what a difference that made in my life. And it all goes back to what you just shared, Beth, is that, you know, you, you hire people and, and you treat them, you know, you treat them like family. It just really made a difference in my life. And so instead of feeling like you're just a number, or just, mm -hmm. you know, one more person um, at a company, you, you feel like people actually know your name and that they really mm -hmm. do care. Um, so thank you. Uh, Dakota, I, I really appreciate you sharing that story again. And I'm, as I sit here too, I'm feeling a lot of what you're feeling, thinking about how people have helped me over these years, you know, as I've gone through hard times. And, but I'll say knowing you too, I know you would be there for me. I know that you'd be there for the rest of us and uh, it's I don't know any way other way to get through this life than with the help of you know ha having each other and, and and supporting each other um so I'm, I'm glad that uh thank you for that thank absolutely that. um we've we've had some really great you know I think back over the past eight years and just so many fun and memorable experiences and and one of my favorite was um our 80s theme um oh party gosh. at one of our sales meetings now that was fun and I had no idea that you were a dancer I mean you could really dance <laughs> <laughs> we do enjoy our dance parties at sales meetings and you know I know we were laughing earlier about what are some of the funniest or memorable experiences in that 80s party? You know, sometimes Dakota, if I ever I'm, I've got my phone, I've got all the pictures. I think RIT team is just, they've had it with me because I bet I have 20,000 pictures on my phone from work, but the pictures I have from that 80s dance party are epic. And I just, if I'm ever, it's not even if I'm ever feeling down, if I happen to come across one or sometimes my phone will, you know, just serve up a memory and I look at one of those and it is just the best. And, you know, I, I sometimes find myself telling stories from, you know, the early days at the company. And, and in some ways, I, I, I know that those are fun stories. In some ways, I, I hesitate, especially with new people, because I don't want them to feel left out. But on the other hand, I want them to know that, you know, they're making their same memories and their same stories, you know, as we go along. And, it's these shared memories that we have and um, ha just creates, as I, as I said, just such a richness. Um, and, and yet I think about some of them and I just have to shake my head. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> After we're done, I'll send you a few of the pictures that I took at that party, which were pretty incredible. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Do you have some um, advice or actionable steps that somebody listening today could take if if they really have this this calling or this dream they want to pursue but maybe others don't see the potential in those ideas yeah I, I think it's a, it's a really really 
important question because not everybody dreams the same dreams, right? I mean, that's just a, you know, people are different, but the people that really are the dreamers, the entrepreneurs, the doers, I think you're kind not born that way. I think you can definitely learn how to get better at it. But there is something in people that is that that sense of drive, a sense of creativity, the adventurer, and just wanting to try it. And I think the answer for me has always been to have more questions than answers. And you know, even my husband and I put that in our wedding vows that made me always have more questions than answers. And it, and part of that came from like my dad used to say, who's an amazing man. He said. You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? You always want to listen and listen before you speak and just speak less and listen more. And I think the idea of, you know, if you have an idea and everyone's saying it's a terrible idea, it doesn't mean it's a, it, it may be, there may be one part of it that somebody can't relate to or doesn't think is good. And so to me, and especially when we started area, it's like going out and asking questions, asking as much information as possible and ask people what they think, what do they like about it or not like about it. And you'll find some people will not talk about um, their idea because they're afraid someone might copy it. And I actually think that that's, I think that you miss a lot by not asking the question and then listening. And in some case, modifying, adjusting, you know, you can learn so much from people. And but what people, they may copy the idea, but they can never match your commitment, your hard work and your passion, your, enthe your enthusiasm. And ideas are cheap, um, but execution and actually getting up every day, looking at what you're doing right now, right? You have a full-time job, you have this podcast. I know I, we were talking earlier, sitting in the back of your truck, you know, recording this. I have such respect for you and what you're doing with this. And the difference is, I mean, how many podcasts are out there, but how many people are really willing to do what you're doing right now? And it's, that makes all the difference, I think. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, for you guys listening, um, just to give you a little backstory. So this morning I'm I'm six months pregnant. Um, my doctor had to reschedule um, my appointment a little bit. I'm at the doctor's office in the back seat of my truck, and and we're just going with it. And that's just what you do. You figure out how to get things done. And just like you said, you only have so much time, so you learn how to really utilize that time when you're trying to balance a lot of things, Beth. That's for sure. Beth, what have you learned the most over the years when when leaning into challenges and you know, just continuing to press forward with those business goals. You know, this past year was unfortunately a really great example of when, you know, you're dealt lemons, you, you go make lemonade. And, you know, we've done that at Area. You're our leader. So um, what could you share with us about that? Yeah, I think that what I have learned the most, and I've been thinking about this, is, is Business in it, pretty much anything is a team sport. Um, and, you know, if you want to do something all by yourself, I think that's that's fine for some people. It's not for me. You know, I love I love being with people. I love playing sports and, and being part of a team. And being part of the team means this idea of kind of working together, asking each other. And we got through COVID by relying on each other. And in many ways, the team knew what to do. And we made plenty of mistakes, but we also got a lot right. And number one, we took care of each other, right? And we took care of the team. And if I've learned anything, 
over the years, especially when there's been challenges in the business, it's just depend, we can depend on each other. We can depend on each other to understand what's going on. We'll argue, we'll fight, we'll disagree. Um, and then we listen, we keep asking questions. Um, and I think the key thing during COVID was, are we asking the right questions? You know, do we really know what we don't know and how we have to think about navigating the business and the team through it? So I think it's asking questions I mentioned earlier, being sure you're asking the right questions. Don't get too attached to your own, your own answers, your solutions or your views. Be 100% prepared to be wrong, um, always. Maybe assume you're wrong going in um, and have that learning mindset. And with that, and a willingness to listen, the ability to ask questions and, uh, and being really open to what the answers are. I think that's what got us through. And, and Dakota, I think that's what's got us here today as a company is you know, the core values that we share as a company. And then you know, an awful lot of curiosity, a willingness to try new things, um, and the good humor when it fails to, you know, just pick yourself up and, and keep going. That's, that's made all the difference for us as a company. It's made all the difference for me, frankly, as, you know, in my own life, both, you know, as a wife, as a mom, as a friend, sister, um, and as a colleague to everyone at Ariad. And I couldn't agree with you more, Beth. And so much of what you just said there, it just leads in perfectly to the way I like to kind of end each podcast episode. I love to ask each guest um, what the phrase cowgirl state of mind means to them, because that's what this podcast is dedicated to, is just encouraging women from all walks of life to embrace that cowgirl state of mind. So I'm, I'm curious, what does that mean to you? Cowgirl state of mind is about courage and trust and integrity, I think, especially the courage, the courage to take the risk, the trust that you'll be there for yourself and people will be there with you. And then, and then the integrity to always be asking yourself, you know, am I, am I going the right direction? Am I doing the right thing? Am I living by my values? That, that's what it is for me. Mm -hmm. So, so good, Beth. Thank you for just, again, taking the time today, sharing so much of your story with us. And if people would like to connect with you or find out more about Ariat, where can they go to follow along? Um, well, my email is, um, I'll just spell it out. It's beth.cross, B-E-T-H dot C-R-O-S-S at ariat.com. Um, and if you have anybody questions or comments or any follow-up from this, I'd be very happy to receive an email from you. Wonderful. Um, Beth, thank you again. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to seeing you real soon. Thanks, Dakota. Thank you for spending your time with me on the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl in a sea of buy one, get one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. Please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all go and no woe mentality. Remember, you're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.